Good morning, Soma Tacoma. Great to be with you. Thank you for the kind introduction, Dawson. It's such an honor to preach the word this morning. Um, greetings from Soma Eastside. We, we love you guys as a sister church. Grateful f- for your, our like-minded vision for the gospel to do life together and, and reach our city with the, the gospel of Christ. And God has been doing some gracious work in our, in our midst on the east side. We're, we're in the, the heart. I would say Issaquah is like the Mecca of Indian restaurants. So I'm right where I need to be. And it's, it's perfect. It's like my, my little heaven. And, um, and the nations come there. They're, they're just flocking there from all over the place. And, and so we're, we're, the prayer and the, the, the ache that I have and that I pray for, that you can be praying for too, is that our church will continue to reflect the demographics of our community and reaching our nation and that we would ultimately become an interna- international church. So would you, would you join me going forward, you know, after we leave and uh, when you wake up after, by the end of my sermon and, and then you head home, would you commit to be praying for our church and, and for the nations to, to hear the, the gospel of Christ? All right, well, we are in Psalm 46 this morning, and it's a sermon that I did not too long ago in our summer series called Psalm Discovering Rest in God. Would you stand with me as I read the Bible? All right. God is our refuge and strength always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. The nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Come, see the glorious works of the Lord. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. This is God's word given to humanity to understand that the infinite God has provided rest for our souls now in 2023. Please be seated. At Soma Eastside, we have been helping our people to learn from the Bible that Christians live in an alternate city in this secular city, as the late pastor Tim Keller once said. Seattle is to us what Babylon was to the Jews who, were, who lost their home country, Israel, 
and had to leave and flock to Babylon as refugees. In the ancient world, Babylon was a secular or godless city. The alternate city that Christians live in is the church, a living physical embodiment of God's heavenly city. We are, and if you are a follower of Jesus, we are citizens of God's heavenly city or the city of God that is eternal because the church has permanence. But it is more significant to be a citizen of the heavenly city rather than of the earthly city. As this psalm is going to show us, we find rest in God when we recognize that we are walking in the city of God on this earth. And the church is a city on a hill. Jesus says to his followers that you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. The church is a glorious community of followers of Jesus who demonstrate the power and presence of Jesus with their mouths, with their hands, and with their feet. We talk about Jesus with our mouths, and we live like Jesus with our hands and our feet. The city of God lives within the city of man, the natural world. And one day the city of God will completely saturate the whole earth and replace the city of man. The church is a foretaste or an appetizer of the coming heavenly city that will overtake this earthly city. What does the infinite city of God offer that the finite city of man cannot? Well, the city of man in the United States is a fragmented society. People only know fragments of each other. They see fragments of us on email, text message, Snapchat, TikTok, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and and the next thing that comes out. They see fragments of us at work. We will leave jobs, churches, families, communities, just to have a fresh start. But the whole time, we are only known in pieces. And we work hard to maintain these images or versions of ourselves in order to protect our real identity. Americans are skilled at recreating themselves in the most damaging of ways to the point where they have lost all sense of their own identity. If people really knew who I was, then I would not be good enough for them. Or I don't want anyone to know who I really am. 
Can you relate to this? It's a lot of work. And if you are anything like me, I have been trying to, I have been guilty of wanting to control my image. Whether it is to protect myself from getting hurt or wanting to be wanted or like Kyleo, I'm from the greatest city in the world, Philadelphia. Whether it is the inner Philadelphian in me where I'm like Rocky Balboa swinging at anyone because I don't care what you think about me. It is exhausting. Are you exhausted this morning? And a fragmented people is what social scientist and Harvard professor Arthur Brooks calls learned loneliness. Brooks found that Americans in 2023 suffer from the disease of loneliness. And don't worry, I'm gonna get to the text. This is just a longer intro. He argues that our habits tend to be a culmination of rhythms that produce a greater feeling of loneliness. Brooks says in his recent Atlantic article that many of us have simply forgotten how to be friends. This growing habitual loneliness is a public health crisis. Research has consistently shown that isolation is linked to depression and anxiety. It has also been shown to lead to premature mortality, worsen cardiovascular health, increase inflammation, and disrupt hormones and sleep. Think of a time when you felt very lonely, and instead of doing what you really needed to do, call people, get outside, and be social, you cocooned on the sofa by yourself. Loneliness, like homelessness or poverty, tends to be self-perpetuating. Much as it is harder to get on your feet once you no longer have a place to sleep and shower and a dress or a phone, social isolation leads to behavior that leads to even more isolation. Born and raised in Philly, but I grew up in an Indian community that produced in me a greater sense of loneliness. I had to work hard to keep the pieces of my fragmented self in order in front of my Indian community and in front of my public school friends. It was exhausting, and it was lonely. Nobody could know the pain I was in. Do people know the pain you are in? Are you feeling exhausted? Everything began to change for me, though, once I stepped into the city of God at age 18. Psalm 46 explains what the city of God offers to us. While the city of man is lonely and exhausting, 
The city of God invites us to rest in the infinite God because we are finite. Psalm 46 answers two questions on this point. Why should we and how do we? First, why should we rest in the infinite God? Psalm 46 tells the truth about the human condition. We are finite. We are limited. We have bounds. Verse one states that God is our refuge and strength and he is always ready to help in times of trouble. The German reformer Martin Luther translated God is our refuge as God is our fortress. And he wrote a song about it in 1529 called A Mighty Fortress is Our God. The infinite God who exists outside of time, who holds the world in the palm of his hands, is actively engaged with his creation. God is our hiding place or our mighty fortress. He is our strength, which in Hebrew can be translated as God is mentally and physically strong. And God is always ready to help in times of trouble. He is ready to intervene and be present with us to assist us when we are in despair. We who are finite should look to the infinite. Why does finite humanity try to find rest in finite things? God is a fortress of security for insecure humanity. We rest in the infinite God who is mentally and physically strong for a fickle and unstable humanity. We rest in the infinite God who is always available to help when we are feeling lonely. Verse one demonstrates that the God of the universe is mighty, who is our unshakable foundation, and that he is a servant desiring to assist us in times of trouble. And then verses two to nine explain that the infinite God can remove all fear from the Christian because God is more powerful than natural disasters. He is more powerful than the power of the ocean and when mountains tremble. And that the city of God is a city of joy. Verse four says, a river brings joy to the city of our God. Here is the cure for the loneliness crisis in our country. Look to the city of God and live in the city of God. One translation renders verse four this way. There is a river whose streams make the city of God happy. I love Eugene Peterson's translation of this verse as well. River fountain splash joy, cooling God's city. God's people embody the city of God. And this earthly city gets an appetizer of the city of God, where river fountains splash joy, 
cooling God's city. Imagine that for a moment. The appetizer or foretaste of the city of God is to show all of humanity that we were not made for this world. Humans were made for a better world that satisfies all of our longings. The British philosopher C.S. Lewis, who is famously known for his book series, The Chronicles of Narnia, wrote this about our longings in his book, Mere Christianity. If I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. If none of my earthly pleasures satisfy it, that does not prove that the universe is a fraud. Probably earthly pleasures were never meant to satisfy it, but only to arouse it, to suggest the real thing. If that is so, I must take care on the one hand, never to despise or be unthankful for these earthly blessings and on the other, never to mistake them for the something else of which they are only a kind of copy or echo or mirage. Overcome loneliness by longing for God and looking to the city of God where river fountains splash joy, cooling God's city. The temporary joys and pleasures in this life are not meant to be our life's pursuit because they are only a kind of copy, an echo, or mirage for the real thing. They are an echo pointing humanity to find their true rest in God. Live in the city of God today. The psalmist is saying here that we can rest in the infinite God because Christians live in the city of God. The city of God cannot be destroyed. God protects his city. When the nations are in chaos, when civilizations get obliterated from war, God is always present in times of trouble. We are still living in his heavenly city, which cannot be destroyed. We rest in the infinite God as we inhabit his heavenly city or eternal city. And we serve as his workers here in Tacoma. And for me and the blacks, Issaquah, the east side. I know there are Christians who struggle to live here in the Seattle area. Maybe it's because of the politics or the culture or because of all the sunshine we get throughout the year. If only I could live somewhere that has more rain. If only I could live somewhere that aligns with my values. Life would be so much better for my little family. But family, the Jews hated living in Babylon. 
And yet their mission in Babylon was to represent and be agents of the heavenly city in Babylon. The aim of the Christian life is not to look for our little heavens, but to recognize that Christians are agents of heaven. Heaven came to earth 2,000 years ago in the form of a person, the suffering servant Jesus Christ. The heavenly city is already here but has not fully arrived until the victorious King Jesus returns to rule and reign over the earth. The city of God is already here, bringing renewal, hope, and justice to the city of man. And we walk in this earthly city as an alternate city because we are the people of God. Christians live in the city of God to bring renewal, hope, and justice to this land. God is telling the Jews and he's telling us here in Psalm 46 that the Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. And then he tells them in verses eight and nine to come, See the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Remember the prophet Jonah? Jonah is a great example of what it looks like to live in the city of man and in the city of God. I call him Cranky Jonah. It would have been a sweeter deal for Jonah to stay comfortable in his home country, Israel, where everybody lived like him. Everybody thought like him. Everybody thought like him. And everyone even looked like him. But God says to Jonah, Jonah, I want you to get up and get over to Nineveh, and I am going to use you to save over 120,000 people from living in spiritual darkness. And what did Jonah do? But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. But cranky Jonah finally ends up in Nineveh after great, great pain of running from his calling. And then God causes the godless people of Nineveh to become lovers of God. But Jonah was ungrateful that God rescued the Ninevites from spiritual darkness. This change of plans greatly upset Jonah and he became very angry. So he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. The Lord replied, Is it right for you to be angry about this? 
And how did God then respond to cranky Jonah? God grew a leafy plant that provided a lot of shade for Jonah to rest under. Jonah was super grateful for the plant. But then the next day the plant died. And Jonah was angry about it. Then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? Yes, Jonah retorted, even angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, you feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? Here is the moment where the infinite God allowed cranky Jonah to rest. And first Jonah was grateful for it. But then we see Jonah's true spiritual condition. The plant died and Jonah was angry. He had an entitled millennial moment. He felt he deserved the plant that God put there and it was upset it died. God tells Jonah, in the same way you were upset about seeing that plant die, Jonah, I am upset about seeing these Ninevites not having a relationship with me and perishing into spiritual darkness. Jonah, I want them to wake up from their spiritual darkness and come into my light. Jonah was not resting in the infinite city of God as a finite prophet. He was miserable throughout his whole journey. He was resting in the finite world. And as a result, Jonah forgot that he lived in God's world. He lived in God's city. And he was sleeping cozy under God's plant. Does God feel sorry for such a great city as Tacoma? We are agents of God's heavenly city in this earthly city entrusted to bring renewal, hope, and justice to this land. Let's rest in the infinite God so we can serve him. We saw why we should rest in the infinite God, but how do we rest in the infinite God? How do we rest knowing that God is our mighty fortress, our servant in times of trouble, as we live as his agents in the city of man? Here's how. The psalmist says in verse 10, be still and know that I am God. <clears throat> I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. He says, be still and know, which is translated as stop what you are doing or cease striving. Stop what you are doing and contemplate 
who God is and contemplate who you are to God. Who are you in this world? Do you recognize that you are fully known by someone and not known in pieces? You are fully known and fully loved by the infinite God. Which city do you belong to? The psalmist is calling us to recognize we are finite beings in our finite world. And we who are finite should look to the infinite who fully knows us, the infinite God who fully knows us. And so we are finite and limited beings, <clears throat> but we must appear limitless to keep up with the pace of the American life. On to the next one. When you ask someone, how are you? What do you hear? I tend to hear good, busy. I'm good, but I'm, I'm very busy. What's that? Fine, yeah, fine, and then busy. <laughs> busy, very busy. It's the new buzzword in our culture. I hate that we're so busy. I can't wait for our vacation to come so we can go to Iceland and just rest. Insert humble brag. <laughs> that can't be right, can it? The new American curse words are slow down. As John Mark Homer once said. <clears throat> A hurried life is not from God. The author John Ortberg said in his book, that hurry is not just a disordered schedule. Hurry is a disordered heart. And our culture is con conditioning us to believe that the slow life is an unfulfilled life. Years ago, less people moved around because it was so hard to arrange. But today, you can move out of town in a few weeks. Everything is becoming automated, automated, automated for the fast life, the efficient life. We think we can be limitless and unstoppable. And this has compromised the ancient Christian gospel to live and rest in the true reality that we are actually finite beings. Humans are seen as products and machines, all serving to build their own city on earth. Why is it that the more efficient we are, the more anxious we become? Shouldn't it be the other way around? Behold the city of man, ladies and gentlemen. But the psalmist says to stop what you are doing or pause 
And don't fall into the trap of the illusion of the fast life that leads to exhaustion, loneliness, and transactional relationships where you are only known in pieces. Contemplate that you are not invincible, but God is. Psalm 46 teaches us to develop the habit of pausing. And after pausing, we contemplate. Secular contemplation or mindfulness says to look look within and focus on yourself to better yourself. But Christian contemplation says to look above and focus on God to better yourself. Secular mindfulness or contemplation says to empty your mind. But Christian contemplation says to fill your mind. Fill your mind with God by reading the Bible and recognizing God is your refuge. He is your fortress. He is mighty and he serves you. Fill your mind with the God-man, Jesus Christ, who serves you by demonstrating ultimate strength by leaving a position of power and brought the city of God to earth for men and women to find their true rest in God rather than in this finite world. Rest in the infinite God because we are finite. How does being a finite person give you sustainable rest knowing that your God is infinite? If you are suffering from loneliness, will you look to the city of God where river fountains splash joy? Will you become an agent or ambassador of the city of God here in Tacoma? That is our mission our Christian calling. Paul writes this to the Christians in the Roman colony, Philippi. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. And why are we pleading with the world to come back to God? Because Jesus Christ, who never sinned, became the offering for our sin so that humanity could come back to God and have a restored relationship with him where they are fully known and fully loved. Jesus Christ lived the life we should have lived and he died the death that we should have died. And three days later when he rose from the dead, Hope for humanity was secure. And our destiny is no longer reduced to a fading earthly city storing up earthly treasures because we now live in the heavenly city where we are storing up heavenly treasures by bringing the good news of Jesus to the city of man. And Jesus continues to make his people glad as we serve him. Let's pray now and contemplate what Psalm 46 teaches us to rest in the infinite God because we are finite. Will you pray with me?
Father, thank you for your word, which is true, which is life, which is sharper than any two-edged sword and, and illumines us to encounter the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that you would help us to surrender our busyness to you and to live with you. Help us to cherish and celebrate that we are finite. 